Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. It's called the Saturn return because it's when the planet Saturn returns to exactly where it was on the date of your birth. And in a lifetime, we go through the first Saturn return at around 29 years old. And then the second one happens closer to 60. And then the third one closer to 90. It makes sense, right? Every 29 years, approximately, give or take a year on either side. So the first Saturn return is the closure of your childhood and the opening of your adult years. I get so many questions from people in their 20s being so hurt and struggling with where they are or aren't at in their adulthood. From an astrological viewpoint, you're not in it yet. You're in the adult part of your youth. And then the Saturn return hits. And that is when we individuate fully based on who we are, based on self-ownership or self-knowledge. Now, that doesn't mean everyone at that age knows who they are or fully accepts themselves, but that is what the transit represents. It's a time of maturization. Your childhood is done and you are stepping into your adult years where you are fully accountable for yourself in a new way. And you are accountable not just for yourself, but how your choices, your actions, your participation or lack thereof directly impacts the society you live in. Because Saturn is not just concerned with my responsibility to me, it's my responsibility to me in the context of society, in the context of community. And this is why (laughs) the punks say live fast, die young. Because when you cross the threshold of the Saturn return, certain compromises are no longer sustainable. Um, Certain choices are no longer sustainable. We must make choices that are in some ways greater compromises and in some ways more honest and authentic compromises. Now, I say all of this not because I'm about to read the chart of somebody who's going through their first Saturn return, but because I want to talk about the second Saturn return. I have a question today from R, and R says, I think I may now be one of your older listeners, and I'm at the age of my second Saturn return. I keep getting into conflicts with people, and usually with people who are in some way critical of some very deeply rooted things about myself that I cannot change, especially ways that I am different from others. I would normally just cut ties off with people in these circumstances. This is what I've done in the past, but I can't now because these conflicts are with people close to me, coworkers and family of origin. I ran away from my critical family long ago, but I'm now tied to them again after a parent's death. So I've always equated different with better, but now it feels like I'm having to deal with criticism for being different. Also, I have just enough insight into myself now that I'm older to think that any form of thinking that I'm better than others is truly obnoxious. So how do I stay true to myself while still living in good relationship to the people close to me? Okay, so this is a very big question. Let's unpack this. First and foremost, I should say that the second Saturn return is the closure of your first adult cycle of development. It is the closure of your first adult cycle of being. And so the second Saturn return is a time when we are bearing the consequences of the choices we did and didn't make as adults. And for a lot of people, this has to do with loneliness and a sense of connection, a sense of, do I belong and do I like where I belong? There is still so much life in front of you when you're at the second Saturn return. 
And yet, we cannot ignore our mortality. So what R is saying in this question about how the death of a parent has kind of forced you to reunite with a family that isn't especially accepting or supportive, this is not super uncommon, unfortunately. There is a way that Saturn is the planet of consequences. We can, you know, ignore things, we can run away from things, we can phone it in throughout our 30s and even our 40s. But, you know, it's waiting for you. It's waiting for you towards the end of your 50s. And if you are listening to this and you are younger and you're like, oh, that's so far away, I don't even need to think about it. Uh, no, it isn't, my friends. No, it isn't. Life is really quick when it's not really slow. What R is talking about is very real. It's the ways in which we accept ourselves. That doesn't mean that other people accept us. The struggles that we have in our younger years, 20s, 30s, 40s, is held in a different light when you hit your 50s, 60s, and 70s. Those years of our lives are deeply important. The second Saturn return comes after the Uranus opposition, which again is something that I've talked about on the podcast before. And the Uranus opposition happens anywhere from late 30s to early 40s. And this is when you start to really realize, amongst other things, that youth culture is not for you, that you are not a young person per se anymore. And so that is meant to be a time where we make radical changes to make our lives more authentic. But the reality is most of us or many of us feel that we have to make adult decisions. We have to think about how am I going to retire one day? So we make compromises with career. We make compromises with work in general or relationships in general. And this is a really important thing because we have to, right? If you don't come from a ton of class privilege, you have to figure out a way to one day be an old person, to financially care for yourself, to have the emotional conditions that will support you in, as your body ages, as your needs change, and as your priorities change. If the bulk of your life is, you know, social media and going to your job and hanging out with your friends, that's not going to last, right? That's not going to be your priorities forever. And if you think it is, then look around you to note whether or not there is anyone in their 40s around you, anyone in their 50s around you, anyone in their 60s. Trust that when you're an adult, you still want to have love and fun and sex and you still get mad and you still, you're a full person. In fact, you're maybe even arguably a fuller person. It's not easy to age. It's not ever been easy to age, but in our current society where we really do throw away people who are aging, it is so important, so important to acknowledge that these issues are not talked about publicly as much as they should be. And that our younger selves can protect our older selves. So all of that said, I'm going to really focus on you now, R, because I've kind of, I've taken, I've taken a left turn and then I'm coming back. I'm coming back for you. Your Saturn return is almost done. You have Saturn at 14 degrees of Capricorn and your Saturn return will be totally over the first week of November, 2019. So you're almost at the end of it. Unfortunately, you will not necessarily feel a great deal of relief when the Saturn return is over because you have Saturn, Venus, and Mars all sitting very close to each other in the sign of Capricorn. And you will continue to have some Saturn conjunctions for a little minute afterwards, not too long, but a, a couple months. In your birth chart, there's a clear indication that you prefer to be diplomatic. You prefer to get along, that you do not like to be in conflict or disagreement with others. However, 
You are often in conflict and disagreement with others because you have incredibly fixed opinions and attitudes, and compromise is not easy for you. Having a Saturn-Venus-Mars conjunction makes compromise really hard. You are an Aquarius, not the most compromising of the signs. And then finally, you do have a moon in Cancer, which I'm so sorry to say, moon in Cancer loves, is not a compromising placement. And so all of these things indicate that you have a conflict with yourself around asserting boundaries versus throwing down rules and regulations. And I think a lot of what you're acknowledging here is that historically, because you're a good old-fashioned Aquarius and you're like, weird is wonderful. Yes, I'm different. And I am totally accepting of that. And if you don't accept that, then sayonara, see you never, right? When you have had that attitude that comes from, in part, your truth and in part, a lack of willingness to be in your truth, in contrast to others, in a way that you can emotionally tolerate. Because it is really hard for you to be in contrast to others. You really don't like the way it feels. And so now that you're in a position where you have to be close to your family, and I I would question whether or not you have to be close to your family, but I do think that there's a combination of you really want to be close to your family, and there are needs to be close to your family, which you have choice around, but you want to do it. You want to do it, even if it's not really working for you. Now you have to handle the criticism. Now you have to handle the expressed and unexpressed criticism of who and what you are. And that shit is painful. And I will say, when I look at your birth chart, it looks like a lot of the criticism is not verbalized. It's just in attitudes, what isn't said, you know, passive aggressive shit. And so if you verbally are direct, in the face of passive-aggressive family dynamics, it may, turns you into the bad guy, right? It's like you're set up to fail. You say nothing, and then you feel terrible. You say something, and then you're the bad guy. Yikes. Because you are at your second Saturn return, I will give you this homework to look at what you were doing around 29 years ago during your first Saturn return, and whether or not, at core, you are doing the same thing now. Look at what did and didn't work for you. And keep in mind that Saturn is wisdom, wisdom that is only accumulated through time and practice and experience. So now you can look back at, you know, your late 20s, your early 30s with a whole new perspective, with a whole new sense of what it meant and what it didn't mean, what worked and what didn't work. This is a time where many of us find ourselves repeating deep patterns. And those deep patterns ultimately come from our earliest developmental experiences. When we're going through the Saturn return, whether it's the first or the second, you can dial back in seven-year cycles or 14-year cycles. But let's look at seven-year cycles from a Saturn transit to itself. So because you're going through your Saturn return right now, we can look back seven years, 14, 21, and keep on going. And you will see these developmental markers where maybe it wasn't your family of origin or your coworkers that were the conflict. Maybe it was other people, but it was the same themes because it was you. And that is the thing that is so important for us to acknowledge. It's everywhere you go, there you damn are. My sense looking at your birth chart and hearing your crisis right now is that it never happened that you figured out how to be really authentic about your boundaries so that you could be flexible with yourself and others, but instead you just bounced when things got hard. 
and make heavy-handed decisions. That's classic Capricorn shit, right? Making heavy-handed decisions about who's good, who's bad, whether or not you're entitled to have your opinion or not. And this is a period of your life that is calling for greater humility and flexibility, neither of which are super comfortable for Saturn in Capricorn. However, that's the work. And that might mean that you do continue to have contact with your family, but you radically change your expectations of them. And that you are much more consistent about when they start talking about something critical of you or they start acting in ways where you know that that's what they're doing, even though they're not exactly saying it, they're being passive aggressive, that you actively change the topic, that you accept that this is just them being them. And for whatever reason, you're choosing to participate and you can change the topic. You can instead talk about, you know, pandas at the zoo. You can talk about uh, something really irrelevant that will distract the conversation and the energy. You can change the energy by not participating in the old family trauma. And you know what? That won't work all the time. It's a great idea. It'll work. But, you know, at first, if you're lucky, it'll work 20% of the time. But if you make it a practice, it'll work because what will happen is you'll be able to recognize, oh, it's not working right now because this person's coming for me and this isn't healthy for me. So I'm going to have to leave the situation or make the decision to not leave the situation, but to really take care of myself afterwards. Because the truth is, if there's an ailing parent, if there's some sort of family issue that really is demanding of your attention and your care, I understand why you wouldn't completely bail. You know, Saturn and Capricorn, it gives you the desire to be a part of a family. It gives you a desire to have consistency and even to have your coworkers be a part of your family on some level. You know, your chart really indicates that you're very private and that you're very independent, but also that you deeply crave connection and family wherever you go. There's a way that the rigidity of how you take care of yourself can inhibit that, right? And again, that's all the Saturn stuff. It's sun in Aquarius, I didn't mention, but opposite Uranus, it can be very obstinate. All of these things articulate ways that you get in your own way. And my dear, there is nothing bad about that, but it isn't working for you anymore. This is where we find your agency. You are at the precipice of a 30-year cycle of development that will bring you to close to 90, right? It's intimidating. Nobody likes to think about 30 years ahead. It's, it's hard. It's hard to imagine how we will be as we age, what we will be as we age. What I feel pretty confident about is that you want greater interpersonal connection. So that doesn't necessarily mean more people, but it does mean more people you can rely on and connect with, more family. I think you're pretty clear in your question that your family of origin is not the one. That's not it. And that's okay. I mean, it's, it's a heartbreak, but it's, it's okay. I would say that this is the time because whenever we're going through Saturn transits, Saturn wants us to edit. Saturn wants us to prune. This is the time to look at what you need to let go of, to leave room for what you want to call in. The Saturn return is not the easiest time to make new friends or to, you know, fall in love. It's a time where you have to deal with the consequences of your actions or inaction. In the second set in return, even more so because you've had so much more action or inaction or a combo platter of the two, right? This is the time to really look at how your behavior 
how your choices lead you to things you don't actually want to consent to, to start becoming more aware of it, more humble about it, and practicing making new choices. This will leave room for somewhere closer to the spring of 2020, being able to call in new people, develop new patterns. And that's the beauty of the Saturn return. We can end patterns from childhood, from our younger adulthood, and we can develop new patterns that bring us into, in your case, old age. And you know, I would say you're quite a minute away from old age, but the Saturn return is when we create deep and permeating foundations. The foundation you're building now will reach a high water mark in about 14 years, 14 years from now. Then you will build from that 14-year point, you'll make changes. There will be a crisis in consciousness and in your life because that's what happens after everybody's Saturn return, each Saturn return. After 14 years, we have a major crisis and then you integrate to your third Saturn return if you make it. Not to be heavy-handed when I say if you make it, but you know, I don't know what the human life expectancy is. Is it 90? Is it 100? Is it 70? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But you get where I'm going with this. The ambition here is to make choices that create the foundation to the adult you want to be. It's not easy work, but it doesn't actually have to be that complicated. If you are allowing it to get too complicated in your thinking, then you're losing track of the central navigating point. What is your focus? What is your point? You want greater flexibility with yourself so that you can pull yourself out of dynamics and stop participating in dynamics before they blow up. Great goal. Okay, keep it simple. Try to focus on making that choice. And what I want to acknowledge is that what I'm really talking about is clarifying your intention and practicing making a healthier choice in an unhealthy situation. And if you find that that doesn't work, leaving that situation if possible. Now, it's not always possible. It's just not always possible. When you refer to being true to yourself, I think part of what the second Saturn return is about is recognizing the ways in which the self you've built the life you've built around you, you have to check in with, is this who I am? Is this who I choose to be? Because you still can make changes. Saturn makes us feel stuck, like we can't make changes, like we're locked in. But that's actually not the case. This is a great time for making changes and choices. Not for reaping the benefits of those changes and choices, but for making them. I hope that's helpful to you. And I also hope that the younger Saturn return people who are going through Saturn return in Capricorn gain benefit from this because there will come a time in the not too distant future where you will be at your second Saturn return and there will be a new generation of Saturn and Capricorn people. This is true for all the Saturn signs, right? And we are all in our cycles. We are all in our cycles. The world changes so rapidly. And the more humility that we can hold for what we don't understand, for how it feels to be an older person in a world that skews towards younger people, the more that we can embody this and embrace this, the more beautiful our world becomes. Darlings, we have so much to talk about this week. There's so much going on astrologically. I'm going to just dive into it. We are looking at the week of September 22nd through the 28th of 2019. You know, there's a lot going on. There's been a lot going on astrologically. 
there's been a lot going on in the world. You have probably been going through a lot yourselves. There's been all this Neptune stuff, as I've talked about the past couple weeks. It's kind of exhausting, a little confusing, a little off-putting. The energy can both be inspiring, but also generate a sense of fatigue. For those of you who went out for the climate strike or the We the People March on the 20th and 21st of September, yay you for participating. And for those of you who didn't for whatever reasons, I hope you find other ways of participating that honor the world you want to create and the world you want to live in. And, you know, we can't all do all the things at all the times, but hopefully all of us are doing some of the things at least some of the times. But, you know, we've gone from all this Neptune energy to starting off this week with a Mercury square to Saturn. Now, you would have been feeling this energy on the 21st, but this horoscope begins on the 22nd when the transit is exact. Um, Mercury square to Saturn is heavy, honestly. Mercury is your mind and Saturn is a boner killer. Saturn brings up depressiveness and depression because we're confronted with reality in a way that feels kind of like an anvil. It feels heavy. Mercury square to Saturn will often have you contemplating what you don't have, where you're not, what isn't working, or it may confront you with those things. That confrontation may be through conversations with other people. Mercury is your friends, your neighbors, your siblings, or it could just be your own damn thoughts because it's also your mind. So you may find that you are in a heavy frame of mind or you just don't have a lot of mental energy or resiliency. It's over at the end of the 23rd. So you'll wake up on the 24th and it won't be happening at all. That said, the reason why this transit happens is so that you look at what you are or aren't doing. Technically, doing is a Mars thing. Mercury is your thinking, right? But so much of what we do is hella mercurial, aka on social media. We are all communicating, reading, consuming content. It's all very mercurial. So that's the kind of doing I'm referring to. So this is a time for looking at your attitudes, uh, your beliefs, your ideas, and how you are communicating them. Also, what you are listening to and how it's impacting your thinking. So look at all this stuff and look at it critically, but this energy will pass and the heaviness of it will pass. So the point is to make use of this energy by being critical and honest instead of critical and condemning. Saturn can be a jerk. It can make us feel like condemning things. It can make us feel guilty. It can make us feel just down. The reason why this happens is because we have a hard time sitting with humility in the truth. That's your homework. Practice sitting with humility in your truth as much as you understand it in this moment because Saturn governs time. So the moment on a material level is governed by Saturn. Fun facts by astrology to you. So on the 23rd, the sun moves into Libra. Yay, sun and Libra. Depending on your personality, it may be a boo. See, this is the thing. It is not inherently yay or boo. It is what is authentic and true for you based on the math of who you are, aka your birth chart. The cool thing about the sun moving into uh, Libra is it is the equinox. It is the fall equinox, the autumnal equinox over here in this part of the world. The autumn equinox is the transition time from summer to fall, and we have less light in our days. And this is a lovely time for not exactly resetting, but for adjusting our energy to move more within. 
And that's really powerful and wonderful. This particular Equinox chart that I've pulled up for September 23rd, 2019, 1251 AM. And because this is where I'm located, I've pulled it up for Oakland, California. At the moment and date of this equinox, we have a really interesting Saturn-Moon opposition forming a T-square to Mercury. Venus is involved, but Mercury is quite tight. So Venus and Mercury. This is a powerful time for realigning yourself with your resources. Now, when I say your resources, I am not talking just about the stuff you have. I'm talking about your mental resources. I'm talking about your values. I'm talking about the strength of your character. This is a powerful time for you to do internal investigation into what you believe, what you think, what you value, what you care for, and how you are in material, objective terms, making sure that your life and your nature embody and reflect those cares. This is a really powerful time for doing that. And you might do a little digging and be like, well, I really care about pandas, but I do nothing for pandas. I spend no time with pandas. I only have a panda screensaver. Okay, cool. That's a great revelation. That's a great thing to not get guilty about, not be even depressed about, but instead to be like, wow, if I take stock of my actions, I see that my actions do not accurately reflect my deep love of pandas. Therefore, I need to look at what changes I need to make big picture and what changes I need to make immediately, short-term, bite-sized pieces style. And if you can do that, then you you can get cracking on uh, making sure that your actions reflect what you value and what you care for. In terms of the equinox, I know people love to do rituals and get Hecka woo on the equinoxes. And I really support that. And I really am encouraging of that. And I would also say that the point of doing these rituals is to bring greater intention and energy into your life at a time where the world or the cosmos is supportive and generating flow for you. That said, if you can't do it for whatever reason, you're busy, your schedule doesn't allow, you can do it another time. You don't need these astrological omens in order to bring more intention and care and energy into the things that you love or that you want your life to reflect. It's just really supportive to do so. Do you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is don't overthink it. Also, try not to be like, you know, like a blog junkie where all you're doing is collecting 6 million rituals that you do because we need to be able to integrate whatever we call in. And this is something that I see a lot of people do is they call in tons of data, tons of information, tons of ritual work, and don't allow for the space that we need to be in the silence, to be in the not knowing, and to allow our own internal world to recalibrate and allow our spirit to readjust and allow us to integrate the shifts so that we can apply them and embody them. That takes silence. It takes space. It takes time. And that space and embodiment, it looks like a period of doing nothing. You know, it looks like nothing is happening. So if you've been doing a lot of energy work or a lot of woo work and you feel overwhelmed, maybe what you want to do is fortify and ground at this equinox instead of call in something new or get more critical of additional things. I want this to be supportive to you. It's not a race. And speaking of races, that brings me to on the 24th, an exact Mercury sextile to Jupiter. 
Mercury sextile to Jupiter is so different than the Mercury square to Saturn that I mentioned happens only a couple days before. This is a time of resiliency when you can figure things out, where connections happen more easily. You might find that you just have a really fun time socially. You connect with people that you want to, that kind of stuff. This transit, you're not super going to notice unless you're doing something about it or it's hitting your chart personally because it's such a lovely, easy one. So I encourage you to make use of it as best you can, especially if there's some sort of like email that you have to send out or connection that you need to make. And you're like, when do I reach out to this person? The 24th is a fantastic day. Honestly, the 23rd isn't bad. Neither is the new moon on the 28th, but we'll get there because first we have two heavy, hard transits. On the 25th, Venus forms a square to Saturn. And on the 26th, Mercury forms a square to Pluto. These two transits are exact on those two days. However, they completely touch each other. They overlap with each other. Venus square to Saturn is kind of a heavy one again because squares to Saturn often are. And Venus is your relationships, right? It's diplomacy. It's getting along. It's also your personal finances and it's aesthetics. It's vanity. Venus governs your complexion and Saturn is your epidermis. It's like your whole, the organ of your skin. This can be a day where you feel shitty about the way you look. You feel really critical about yourself. You feel like you have nothing to wear. This may be a day where you overspend out of emotion. So you might feel lonely. You might feel stuck in your life and then click bye, bye, bye. So don't do that. Overeating, overspending to soothe an emotion is a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Wherever we have Saturn, we have the capacity to generate greater wisdom. And that wisdom is only earned through practice, embodiment, presence, and repeat. Whatever it is that comes up around this date, around what you value and what you care about and how you treat yourself and others in response to that, it's a great time to bring your most intentional and wise and humble self to the mix instead of your most reactive, guilty, and avoidant self to the mix because honestly it can be either especially because that mercury square to pluto incites obsessive thought pluto governs shame mercury is your mind this can incline you towards obsessive thoughts about things that you are ashamed of things that you did 700 years ago that nobody remembers but you they can also be things that you did five seconds ago that really weren't that big a deal but you are making yourself feel awful about them this is an absolutely terrible time to obsessively cyberstalk people that you think have something you don't or your exes. This is a terrible time to reach out to someone and be mean to them because what you put out there when Pluto is involved acts like a boomerang and that boomerang comes right back at you. And that might be through other people's direct actions or attitudes about you, or it can just be in regards to the self-hate that you generate through your actions, be the person that you want to hang out with. Be the person who you think is worth spending time with. Don't be a person who's trying to prove that you're better than other people. Because when someone acts like they are better than others, it kind of is evidence that they're not. I love you. You know I like you. I'm not trying to talk shit about you to you. But it's really important that we look at the ways in which we are narcissistic, the ways in which we are unkind or egotistical, because those things have a terrible ripple effect in society. 
And that ripple comes right back at us. And so as much as possible, sitting with the core impulse that is underneath arrogance or cruelty or whatever, that's where you get your healing. It's not that other people get away with being douches or whatever it is. It's that it's not necessarily your job to handle it. Now, I'm not talking about systemic problems. Let's be perfectly clear. I am not talking about systemic problems, societal problems. I'm not talking about egregious acts of cruelty. I'm talking about someone being an idiot on Twitter and you think it's your job to explain in 17 tweets why they're stupid. I'm talking about you looking at someone's outfit and thinking that your outfit makes you a worse person than them because their outfit's better. I'm talking about the little things. We're not talking about the big things. In regards to the big things, Mercury square to Pluto can be a time where you go deep into finding solutions. The positive of this transit is it's good for research. It's good for deep diving and investigation. It doesn't give you a lot of perspective. It doesn't give you a lot of chill. So you want to be careful. And what you also want to remember is that everyone's going through this transit. If we can depersonalize things that aren't personal. Now, of course, lots of things are personal. So I'm not talking about those things. But if we can depersonalize the things that aren't personal and just focus on and deal with our feelings about it, ah, that is like free therapy. That is where healing truly occurs. And it doesn't just occur within you. It has a ripple effect. It ripples out to others. And that ripple comes back to you. Now, On the 28th, we have a new moon at five degrees of Libra. It's exact at 1126 a.m. Pacific time. New moons occur when the sun and moon are at the exact same degree of the exact same sign. And we just cast a chart for the minute that that occurs on the day that that occurs. And we get a vibe for what's going on. So we've got this moon-sun conjunction in Libra, and it is at five degrees, 20 minutes. And we also have a Mercury-Venus conjunction, less tight, but we have a Venus-Mercury conjunction also in Libra. So it's a lot of Libra. Libra is a deeply aesthetic sign. It is concerned with balance, but that doesn't mean like equal parts per se. It means diplomacy. It means peacefulness. It means a sense of justice. And when we have this moon-sun conjunction in the sign of justice and balance, what we have is the risk that we will overlook things that are unpleasant or difficult in favor of things that are lovely and nice. That's the downside. The positive is always that we bring greater kindness and diplomacy to our relationship with both ourselves and others. This new moon is a really powerful time for looking at your relationship, as I was talking about before, to money, your relationship to other humans, and your relationship to your values. So many of us care deeply about things or people, and we never really express it. We don't share it. I will say this is a powerful week in general to share it share love with yourself, to share love with others. In doing so, you really are improving the quality of your life. Even if that doesn't come true exactly this week, overall, it does improve the quality of your life. Some of what this might look like is getting more present and centered around what you care for. And some of what this might look like is getting more present and centered around what hurts you what isn't working for you. Libra likes to 
evade those things. It has kind of a compulsion to evade those things. But honestly, this is a powerful time for stepping into them, in part because we have Jupiter forming a sextile to Venus very tightly and more widely to Mercury. And this represents a couple of things. One is that we get to see the potential in things. We get to have a little more resiliency with this new moon. But the other thing is that Jupiter, even by sextile, can kind of make us feel like there's potential for so much more. And when we feel like there's potential for so much more, it can kind of make us feel bummed out with what we've got. And so I want to encourage you this week to get your happy where you can. And there's some heavy shit going on, so I'm not saying that it's like everywhere, but get your happy where you can. Get your gratitude and your abundance and enjoy it. Be present for it. Not to the exclusion of the difficult stuff, not to the exclusion of the shitty parts of reality, but in conjunction with it, alongside it, you know? it really will make this road a lot easier to travel. It's a big week, a lot going on. I'm so happy that you have joined me for yet another week (laughs) in astrology. Um, You can also follow me on social media where I post a bunch of times a week about astrology and other things that I deeply care about. And uh, yeah, also pre-order my book, my loves. If you're a person who likes astrology or Jessica Lignato's or books, but especially if you're a person who likes all three of those things, pre-ordering my book is a really great idea. And I recommend that you do it. It's called Astrology for Real Relationships, Understanding You, Me, and How We All Get Along. It is awesome. It will teach you astrology. It will help you with your relationships. I talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. That's just what's happening. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Every year they say the end is near.